Today I want to teach you on faith. It's going to be my theme for Sunday. And I chose faith uh, because there is a ritual that is going on this morning called Palm Sunday. And uh, my history, my background is the Catholic Church. And I know uh, today that they have raised up a cross. I don't know what they do here in the United States of America, but throughout Africa, everyone that is Catholic is going to be taken to the streets today. And uh, they do that today, and they have palms that they wave uh, while they're walking around the cities in Africa. Um, I'm from Southern Africa. They do it also in Western, East, and Central Africa. And um, I know that next week, when it's Good Friday, when we are having a time of communion, uh, they have the stations of the cross, where they raise up the cross, and they got to kiss, kiss the, the feet of Jesus on the crucifix. We know we have a risen Lord. Amen. And so um, it is a holy week, and with that in mind, I thought it would be best if I could just uh, speak to you this morning on faith, because it's something that's really close to my heart. A lot of our, I think, um, uh, doctrines go by the wayside um, simply because we don't realize that when we are taught prayer or we are taught fasting or we taught Bible study to separate yourself and go into the Word of God and just uh, have a notepad and pen next to you to take notes, it's not so much people trying to impose or force a way of life on you, even though it is. It is part of what is called Christian discipline. It's your dis Every religion has disciplines. And I think the Christian church fights discipline. We fight it. And it's not a negative. It's just that we don't realize that it's part of who we are. So uh, when we get saved... Uh, we come to the knowledge that we need a savior. We acknowledge him to be uh, Jesus Christ. We then come to an altar, give our hearts to the Lord. We apply the blood of Jesus to wash away our sins. And it's, it's all an act of faith. But we don't stop there. And Christian growth is not just going to church. It's taking what you hear at church and applying it to your life when you're away from church. That's what makes it a discipline. So you don't come to church to pray. You actually go home to start your, your life. And this is what we call sanctification. You are now growing in the spirit. And you are literally living a life with Christ outside of the church. The church is your anchor. The church is your home. The church is the place where you come and fellowship, come and experience levels of worship and thanksgiving that you won't do most times outside of this building. But when you are on your own now, it's your responsibility for sanctification, where you go from one level to another level. Uh, I've taken scriptures, uh, and I'm going to ask if the team can put them up for me. Let's go to Hebrews 11.1. Uh, I am, I've got a very weird way of teaching. I will teach and then I'll remember that I haven't given you scriptures. So let me just give you the scriptures ahead of time so that we, I know that I'm not going to get there and beat myself out and say I didn't give scriptures. Now faith, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for 
and the evidence of things not seen. And I'm sure uh, that Bishop has ably taught you on faith. And then the second verse I have taken is, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I've also uh, taken Romans uh, 1 and uh, verse 17. I love this scripture because this is uh, where I've really taken what I want to teach today. It says, for in there is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So everything that we do in Christianity should be by faith. Everything we do by faith. When we are engaging in our disciplines to take us from one level to another level, we must know we are doing it by faith. So our disciplines, what are our disciplines? Number one, it's prayer. Prayer is a discipline. Prayer is not an option. You don't have an option to pray. You have to pray. The Bible tells us in, in the word that we are to pray without ceasing. And it's, it's not a case of having to be here for hours and hours on your face. It's more like, God, I need to communicate with you. I need to talk to you. I need to tell you what I'm going through. And sometimes we think that prayer is complaining. It's not. It's having a conversation, just like you would, I would sit down at lunch this afternoon uh, with, sister, with Lady Renee and talk to her. But then I have a deeper understanding is when I now make an appointment to see her, and I have to tell her, I have to tell her all that I'm going through. I've made that appointment to have a conversation with her. So we have the same kind of understanding about prayer. The second discipline is fasting. Fasting is not an option. Amen. Fasting is a Christian discipline. Amen. If Christ himself had to fast, and he had to fast 40 days, we too have to take up a fasting time. And I'm not interfering with what the ethos of this church is. I don't know uh, specifically, but I do know that it's a discipline. And uh, the thing that we need to understand about everything that I'm giving you now, it's not just uh, a discipline to the Christian religion. It's also a discipline for all religions, whether uh, there's Buddhists or Shintoists or Hindus or Muslims. They all have their disciplines. They also pray. Muslims pray five times a day. They also fast. They have a, a, a holy time that comes up for 40 days where they fast. And so we have got to understand our own disciplines. The third thing is praise and worship. Praise, worship, thanksgiving are a discipline. These are not options. These are things that we need to be practicing in order to have a faith-to-faith -faith experience. Amen. Where God will say, without faith it is impossible to please me. And then uh, the fifth one, and I'm going to leave us there, is that uh, it's of giving. Giving, tithes, offerings, special offerings, however you want to give to God, that's also a discipline. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, this is our reasonable service. This discipline, these disciplines that I've given you is our reasonable service. So we mustn't sidetrack them or push them aside. We need to engage them. The next scripture I'm going to give you is Romans 4 and 20. So if you've been in, well, in uh, 1 and 17, just slip across and go across to Romans 4, 20. And this will be our last, and then I will teach you. I'm watching time so that we can give time towards altar call and whatever else needs to go on. It says, 
this is about Abraham. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Twenty, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, meaning God, he was able also to perform. Okay, so we need to keep those scriptures in the back of our minds while I take you on the journey. So this is where I want us to begin. We need to understand some things about our walk with God and that everything that we go through as Christians is not to harm us or hurt us, but it's to draw us closer to him. So if you face tests or you face trials or you go through any kind of temptation, we must understand that it's God pushing us in our faith-to-faith -faith walk. So you have different levels of faith. Not all faith is the same. We can have faith, but not all of it is the same. We walk by faith, amen, and not by sight, we are told. But we still have to go faith to faith. In other words, we don't all get the same level. So let me go this way. Some of us have no faith. <laughs> we, we are at a starting level that's not even ankle deep. And then we can grow a little. We come to church quite often. We're getting the, the word settled in our spirit, in our hearts. And we apply some of the word, not all of the word. And we are watching how we're going through our tests, our trials, our temptations. And we find we have moved from no faith to at least a little faith, which is about ankle deep. Where you can believe God for some things, but you may not believe God for bigger things. And then we go from little faith on to great faith. And the last one I'm going to give you is participating faith. I may not get there. I'll get there at, in Needleland probably. But one of the things that we need to understand is we all start with no faith. And then we are given uh, the opportunity to move on little, great, and then participate in faith. All right. So we know that when God puts us to, through, test, through tests and temptations and trials, it's mainly to grow our faith. So watch, this is something that you need to understand. There's so many cliches in the body of Christ. So we'll, we'll say uh, there's no message without a mess. And we'll say there's no testimony without a test. And these are all cliches. And we have what is called uh, church uh, jargon. So much so that we know how to say things. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. But we don't know how to apply through faith the very things that we are saying. You have an understanding. All right. When our faith is tested, it has to go through fire. And when we come through the fire by faith, then favor is released. This is something that we need to understand. Because God is walking you through it. He's not going to leave you. He says, I'm with you always. And that's one of the promises that God will give us. Is even though you are going through a hard time, he will be with you in that hard place. Even though he, it seems that he's backed off. Because he has to let you go through it. Uh, it's like a father. Some things a father got to let go. Can't always be with his children. Somewhere they're going to have to fall. They're going to have to bleed a little. Uh, that's what makes them, uh, the, what helps them to grow up. Even though he's there waiting to pick them up. Even though he's there waiting with a, with a band-aid or uh, somewhere if he's crying or uh, a, a daughter is crying. He's there with a, a Kleenex or a tissue paper. Uh, he still has to let them go through something 
some things. And God allows us to go through that. So one of the things I want to, to share with you is how we uh, view God also determines how we will have faith in him. Okay, so let's, let's move across to where I want to take you. Number one, please write this down about faith. We have to believe in the law of God's existence. We must believe that God exists. That's basic. That's bottom line. But how he exists is also important. If you believe in a weak God, uh, when you go through the test or the temptation or the trial, then you feel like God is not able to take you through. But when you see God in the way he wants to be viewed, in other words, I'm God that is able. I'm God that's omnipotent. I have all power. I'm God that is all-knowing. I'm God that is uh, ever faithful. I don't slack in my faith. Uh, I'm God that's infinite. I'm God that's immense. Uh, by immense, I mean that he's not bound by time or space. Uh, uh, I'm God that's eternal. Uh, that means that God has no end, has no beginning. The way you view God in his existence will determine what you believe of him. Can I have an amen out there? Amen. So he wants to be in your life by what you believe of his existence. Number two, we have to believe that God rewards those that go after him, that will search him out, that will seek him. That's why the prayer discipline, that's why the need to separate yourself for conversation. God wants us to diligently seek him. He says that there is a reward when you come after me. And the reward may not always be things, but I tell you what, a greater reward is when you're growing spiritually. That's true riches, when things don't matter, but true riches come and be attached to you. Number three, we have to believe in the law of the invisible. The law of the invisible. This is all part of faith. You must be prepared, be prepared to believe in things that go beyond the experience of your senses. It's not always by sight. We live not by sight, amen. We live by faith, not by sight. So we go beyond our senses, beyond what we can touch, beyond what we can taste, by, beyond what we can smell or see or feel. We have got to get to the place where regardless of what I see in the natural, what I don't see is more important than what I do see. That is what builds faith. Because if we always anchored in what we see, then we can falter or we can stumble. And some of us, we start going to the back of church and then out the door. Because what we see affects our faith. I know, I know that this is a bit like something you've always heard. Amen. But it's okay. Then there's the law of future preparation. You must believe that God is working for you and with you. And he's preparing things in advance for you. So you didn't just arrive and God says, oh, Chichi's here on the planet. Gabriel, what do we do? <laughs> no, I was in the mind of God before I came into existence. Amen. So everything was made ready for me. I sometimes think that I exhaust God. Amen. Uh, there's a number of reasons I can say that. Uh, number one, I drive too fast. Uh, that's not here. I do not drive here. If I drove here, you would not see me behind the pulpit. Amen. I would have a place in a, in a sanctuary called uh, jail. 
I, I drive too fast. So I'm sure most of my angels just say, okay, let her go today. We'll meet her when she gets back to the, wherever she... I, I, I was like that from the time they taught me. My, my, my instructor said to me, you know you have a 95% chance of failing your driver's test. Because I would just... His hair would just come up. <laughs> Amen. So he says to me, you're not going to pass. But anyway, that's where I'm at. So God wasn't in, uh, in shock when I arrived. And he also knew my five-foot frame would be full of spice. <laughs> it's what it is. I'm a, I'm a nice mixture. I have got Greek blood in me. I have Irish blood in me. I have Italian blood in me. So there's, there's nothing going to be less than fire in me. Am I right? Everything shows that I should have a temper. And you can ask Bishop if that's true or not. Amen. You can also ask Midori. She's sitting there. She'll give, you a, she'll give you the truth as it needs to be given. Amen. Hallelujah. But God wasn't shocked at who I would be. And knew that everything that he had to put together would have to match my temperament. Because he knew how my faith had to grow. So God didn't arrive here in shock. So you have to believe that God knows everything as pertains to you. Number five, you have to be patient. The law of patience. God wants patience. I found a very powerful scripture in uh, Romans 8, 22, all the way to 28, uh, in the Message Bible, talking about how creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of man. But in the, in the Message version, it tells you to be patient with the waiting. Because while a woman is pregnant, uh, she waits for the manifestation for nine months. And she says, they, we don't see that baby, but that patient waiting, even though we are growing larger and larger, there is an end game to that patiently waiting. So we have to apply that. Number six, we have to have the ability to realize that God is not us. God is not human. So what we think is impossible is not impossible for God. He has already overcome. It's just a case of manifestation. So we have to remember that as far as faith is concerned. And then we have to know uh, that we have to work with incomplete knowledge. We are not shown everything. So our walk is a blind walk. It's not something that we know. Uh, we have a sense of where God is wanting to take us if we are working with him. But we don't completely know. So when Abraham is asked to leave Ur of Chaldees and God is going to show him a place that he has made, he has to leave without completely knowing where he is going. He is truly a father of faith. Amen. So we have got to have the same application. We are here in triumph this morning and God is taking us on a tremendous journey. And we know that it is a walk by faith. And we cannot all see what, what God is doing in and through us. But God attaches us to an assembly because of what he knows he has placed in you. So being drawn out by every wind of doctrine that comes won't establish you in faith. Where God plants you is where you need to be rooted and remain. Amen. In order for you to have faith to faith manifestation. All right. Let's go on to the eighth. Uh, it's the law of the rhema word of God in your life. The God will give you logos. Yes, 
That's when you come to church. That's why I'm saying that prayer is a discipline. Fasting is a discipline. Because most of us have rainbow words that are pending over our lives. They haven't been released because a rhema word means that it's not anchored here in Scripture. It's given to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, where God will speak to you a simple word. I, I remember I was going through a, 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 a trial of faith when I was, um, we had a lawsuit come against us for the building we were occupying. And we felt that we were owners of the building, et cetera, et cetera. You know how it goes. And so I was really discouraged coming from the, uh, the law firm. And I parked a, my, my car at the parkade, what is a, a parking garage. And I was so discouraged in my spirit. And as I went to go and open my door, I read a scripture on the back of the car that was parked right next to my car. And the Bible gave me a Proverbs scripture, Proverbs 3.26, if I'm not mistaken. It says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Do you have an understanding of what I'm saying? God will give you a rhema word. So you must look for that rhema word when you're in your private time with the Lord. Amen. He doesn't give it to you because you have a title. He gives it to you because you are seeking. Amen. And then it says you have to have an understanding of God's heavenly ambition. That's number nine. God has a purpose for you. And God has an end game for you. And so when we have different uh, uh, rituals in our church calendar, Christmas, Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, all these things is God's purpose and plan for you to focus, 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 focus on what it was all about. Amen. And then, of course, all things are possible with God. So I gave you all of these to show you what God will put aside for you, help you to grow your faith. Um, I have this understanding that I have got to make sure I make my faith work for me. I don't kneel down and pray. I have 24-7 prayer room. I also teach a ladies' prayer group, uh, 9 to 11 on a Tuesday. I've expanded that to Thursdays, 9 to 11 on a Thursday. But now imagine every time I kneel, remember prayer is an uh, earthly act, uh, making a heavenly connection. Every time I kneel down to pray, I don't believe that God is able to answer. That doesn't make sense, isn't it? it, it it's just, it, to me, it's fruitless. In other words, it's a waste of time. Let me just put it so bluntly. It's a waste of time. So I want to show you what faith is not. Let me give you the easier. Let me give it to you quickly. What faith is not. Number one, faith is not anxious fear. Okay? You cannot be fearful when you are trying to exercise faith. So if something, if some circumstances are bigger than you, you've got to understand you are not to fear. This is a God problem. This is not your problem. So sometimes we face things that we make our problem, but they're not our problem. They still belong to God. And so long as you make it your problem, fear sets in. Because you cannot match the problem you are facing. Most times we can't match the problems we are facing. Uh, we are in a strange country called Zimbabwe. That's where I come from. Very strange country. Because we seem to go in cycles, just round and round. We've got a huge mountain, and we just go around the mountain. Don't seem to want to come out from going around the mountain. So I have to have this understanding that if God has placed me in Zimbabwe, he knows I am a match for the problems 
that I am facing. So when I see our money, I was explaining to the ladies just this, this weekend, uh, our prices went crazy. Uh, we went to the shop one day and cooking oil was uh, $3. We went, we went to sleep and woke up and cooking oil that was $3 was now $18. Uh, we went to the garage, we filled up our tank at a dollar. Uh, we went to sleep and woke up and uh, fuel, and this is a dollar, not a gallon, hey? This is a dollar a liter. Uh, that would be about $5 a gallon, I think. Um, we went to bed and it was $3.80 a liter, $3.34 a liter. That's about maybe $15. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, what's going on with this? Oh, this is the best one. Soap was 75 cents. Uh, we then woke, went to sleep, woke up, it was $9 for a bar of soap. So you're wondering whether or not you need to bath every day. Sorry about that story. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So I live in that kind of a nation that you never know uh, what's going to happen from one day to a next, one year to a next, and we've been like that for forever. Uh, since 2002, we've been in that kind of warp, kind of thinking. 17 years. But we are not fearful. Do you understand? And we are not anxious because we understand that God that placed us there from the very beginning knows what we would endure. God doesn't wake up and say, my goodness, did you see the prices today? He doesn't do that. He is quite confident that because he placed us there, we are able to endure. Can I have an amen, everybody that understands? Turn to your neighbor and say, be anxious for nothing. Come on, come on. Say it with conviction, be anxious for nothing. Number two, what faith is not. Faith is not unbelief. It's not unbelief. Unbelief uh, says that God is not able. And we cannot work, God is unable. We have to see God as able. He is more than able, he tells us. He tells us he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. So there is no room for unbelief. We have got to believe what he says. Amen. Number three, doubt. Doubt is not faith. Where you believe one day, you go talk to somebody, and they change your mind, and you don't believe. Then you believe another day, that's doubt, that's doubt, that's doubt. When you are firm in your knowledge of what he's able to do, there can be no doubt. Okay? Uh, let me show you doubt. So, say for instance, you have an idea to begin a business, and uh, you know that God is speaking, and you know you've got all your ducks in a row, and you know you have the ability and capability, you've got all the plan together, and then you go show someone who doesn't fully understand uh, what you are planning to do. And so what they do is they one by one knock off all the things that you are trying to do, how you put it together. And when you get back on your own now, you are at the place where you began, where you don't believe that it can be done because someone has knocked your belief system or take away your anchor to say, I had belief in what I'm doing, but now I don't believe any longer. That's doubt. And then there's presumption. Making something up and trying to trust in that made-up thing. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of false prophets in our, in our nation, and they, they, they operate in presumption. 
Uh, they've got people uh, drinking petrol, and they've got people eating grass, and people believe in that and trust in that because they are in the movement of presumption. We don't believe in that. Turn to your neighbor and say, we don't believe in that. Come on, I need participation. We don't believe in that. Turn to your neighbor and say, we don't believe in that. Amen. So let me move you now. And I'm going to take you here, and then I'm going to sit down. The way we need to understand growing faith is to understand this here, what faith will do. Number one, faith clears the promises of God. So when you have little faith, you say that God's promises won't come true for me. They'll come true for so-and-so, but they won't come true for me. But God is no respecter of persons. That's one thing you need to understand. If it can work for someone in one area, it can work for you in this area. You just got to believe that God has separated all of us. We don't all come up with him because we are triumph. We come up with him because we have a name. And your name may be Jack, or it may be Susan, or it may be Cherie, or somebody. But each one of you comes individually in your level of faith before God. You don't come because of uh, Bishop Randy Clark or because of Lady Renee Clark. You come as individuals, and you don't come altogether as triumph. I think triumph, the responsibility of faith for triumph, rests on the oversight. But individually, it is our walk. So we have got to know the promises that God has for us, for ourselves. That's the first level, moving to little faith. We have to believe what God wants for us, okay? And then we must know, once we know the promises, we cannot give up on God. We have to believe that once he has promised us, regardless of the time factor, remember he's not bound by time or space, God will perform what he has promised he will do. So uh, what happens is when we are little in little faith, we only see circumstances and don't see God's truth. So all we do is we see problems and we don't see solutions. And it's just unfortunate that we are, uh, are made up or we are constituted that way. That we gravitate towards more negative than positive. And I want to change some things in your spirit today. That God doesn't wait uh, for you to make up your mind. He will just, all he does is he leaves you stewing in your test, in your temptation, and in your trial until you figure it out. Father, this has, is beyond me. So I need a vessel or I need someone that's bigger than me to take care of where I'm supposed to be going. Can I have an amen, everybody that understands? I'm facing a situation that is so much bigger than me, and I need to engage you to make sure that you can take care of the problem for me. So this is what moves us from little faith. 
Little faith, unfortunately, limits God. Because you keep telling yourself it's not possible, it's not possible, it's not possible. But I'm telling you that it is possible. Uh, we had a, uh, a, a debt that needed to be met uh, just uh, uh, two days before I was leaving. And I want to show you how God will work. God spoke to me, uh, gave me one name, said uh, she'll be able to take care of your problem. But because uh, I didn't believe that it was God speaking to me, I delayed three days to ask her. Now, I want to show you how God will work. Uh, I then te telephoned her, and I told her, I've got six minutes left. Uh, I then told her, I said, you know, we have this debt that needs to be serviced. And uh, um, you asked me a, a few days ago what the sum was, but I'm, I'm afraid to tell you that the sum has grown almost uh, four times more. And so when I uh, uh, approached her, she says, not a problem. I'll get it ready for you. So she started uh, sending me off uh, remittances. Money was uh, sent to the account so that I could make some payments. I sat down Sunday morning, uh, Bishop Clark, and uh, God spoke in the service. As I was sitting down, second service, there at home, uh, and he said to me, why were you disobedient? I said, disobedient. He says, I told you to ask her. I didn't ask you to ask anybody else. I told you to ask her. And he says, you took your time asking her. So I said, God, please forgive me. I've now rectified it. I've asked her, and she started sending. He says, I, it was not about you that I told you to call out her name. It was about her. Sharon, her name is Sharon. It was about Sharon. Now, come I tell you why? So Sharon calls me Sunday night. I haven't told her the story of God rebuking me in service. And she says this to me. She says, you know, Mom, I was in prayer. And I, uh, something, uh, the Holy Spirit led me to ask God to make me a multimillionaire. Asked me uh, to give him a figure. And I said, Father, I want to be worth 10 million U.S. dollars. Because 1 million U.S. dollars got to go towards the church. Says, and I don't want you to stop there. I want you to make me extremely wealthy. So after I build this one church, I can go and find out who else needs a church to be built. I was really taken aback. I now understood why God rebuked me and why he said it wasn't about you, it was about Sharon. He told me she needed to release her seed to give, amen, so that her prayer now could be answered by her giving to me. Can I have an amen, everybody that understands? We have to believe that all things are possible. Turn to your neighbor and say, all things are possible. Come and say it with conviction. I've got four minutes left. All things. Put it into the atmosphere. All things. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. You never know how God is working. And he's always working for your good. And so long as we keep our mind focused on the trial, so long as we keep our eyes focused on the circumstance and don't see how God is working for us and our behalf, our faith remains small. Okay, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to give you four pointers for great faith. Number one, I won't do participating faith. I'll do that in the next session, okay? Great faith means that you persist Regardless of what you see around you. People will leave, people will come and go, but you remain. You that tree that is planted by the rivers of living water. 
you are not based on oh, people will come and say hey I'm going here uh, don't you want to come no I am planted I am growing my faith if I uproot myself I'm going to remain small so I have to remain planted all right so you persist great faith means you pu- you push against the wind the wind today was so bad I thought it's going to lift me I mean I'm not that light uh, anybody can tell amen but I, I felt it l- push against me have you get your guys wind is so strong today and that's the type of faith you need to have that push back kind of faith that persistent faith that no matter how strong the wind amen hallelujah I am going to push back against whatever's coming my way that's the one level of great faith number two seeing believing seeing believing and then even I don't see I still believe that's the type of great faith sometimes things don't come clearly but God will get you uh, 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 the man that was uh, being delivered from being blind uh, God put spit, um, Jesus put spit on the ground he was seen men as trees walking it is healing didn't come one time and the next time he put it on him there the healing came so sometimes you will not see clearly but you got to continue believing it's called great faith number three you got to believe that God with God nothing is impossible nothing is impossible with God everything is possible with God if you put God it's always the majority if you don't have God you don't have a majority so you have got to believe that with God all things are possible and I can tell you one story after the other after the other how we have seen God's hand amen and number five is that you must remember great faith means that glory goes back to him if I don't get any kind of accolade but so long as glory goes back to him that he gets the praise he gets the glory he gets the honor that is great faith can I have an amen everybody that is here this morning all right let's stand let's stand it's time to close The world will not understand us. The world is not meant to understand us. The world is meant to understand him. So if we live Christ through our lives, the world is drawn. He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So how you manifest Christ is drawing men. How you manifest Christ is drawing men. So if you carry an attitude of no faith or little faith, why should you trust that they would believe God? You've got to believe him in every circumstance. You've got to show that what you believe is what you believe. I'm not here to be staggered. I'm not here to be swayed. I am here because I believe what I believe and that my God is more than able. All right? So let's raise our hands. Let's raise our hands. Let's raise our hands. Cross the church. I'm going to pray a prayer over you. And it's this here faith continues to believe. Father, we speak faith over everyone that's here this morning in this congregation. Faith to believe. It will always believe. We raise up the spirit of faith in every member here 
every attendant here, every attendee here. Father, we continue to believe. We continue to believe. Father, we do not live for this world. We do not live for this world's approval. Faith means that the world is seeing how we serve you. Father, we thank you for faith as our treasure. This treasure in earthen vessels. This faith that believes that your son died for us. Gave us salvation. Gave us resurrection power through the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith believes. This faith that I'm praying for everyone here today is to see the invisible. Not so much the tangible as to see the invisible. We can see, Father, that you are working where no one sees you are working. This faith in everyone that's here today means that they are being made complete in Christ. Hallelujah today. This faith is taking them on a journey so that they walk out their levels of faith. Faith to faith. Glory to glory in Jesus' matchless name. In Jesus' matchless name, amen and amen. Can we give God a hand of praise? Can we give God a hand of praise? Hallelujah today, hallelujah today. Hallelujah today. One of the words in the song was talking about the lion roaring. And our faith can be that kind of a lion roaring. So that we can not be intimidated by our circumstances or by what we go through or what we see. We can walk by faith. May the Lord bless you this morning. Amen.